Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod episode 214. Today's guest is Ace Salisbury, who is the director of this fantastic web series called Everything's Okay. I'm totally in love with it. I've only seen one episode and I'm freaking out. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to him in a second. Can you hear this fan? I turned off my air conditioner, which is all I'm willing to do today. It's like 90 million degrees in New York City, which is where I am podcasting from. And I, I just I just need to have this one fan. I know it's like, I don't know if you can even hear it. It's not even blowing on me, but just knowing that it's turned on, it's, it's feel better. So I hope you don't mind. There's a little background noise. Thanks, you guys. Um, Patreon is going pretty nicely. I feel really happy with this site. Uh, if you're just tuning in and you didn't listen last week, I, I had a subscription service called Drip uh, that allowed people to uh, subscribe and uh, get, uh, what do you call it, exclusive content. And you could get all, like, downloads to all my music. And, uh, it, you know, it it's perfect for someone that's not like me. <laughs> you know, I, I've been, uh, it's a long story. I create these theater shows. And there are long periods of time where I'm not creating work and like releases because I'm writing and working on stuff. So I have a new show coming up at the end of October. It's called The Animal Show. And it's kind of a good time for me to move to this new place because uh, on Drip, I didn't feel really comfortable sharing like the way it was set up. It was set up for releases and uh, yeah, so it wasn't perfect. But now like I, I, my Lady Bunny podcast, I released early on Patreon and I feel more uh, it feels like a more of a workspace and sharing type studio. My friend Lee Hall has a uh, Patreon page. Lee is a um, animal law professor and uh, lawyer and also does a lot of animal work and activist work. And Lee called it a uh, studio space, which feels really good to me. So anyway, uh patreon.com slash Michael Heron. You can um, subscribe monthly for as little as a dollar up to however much you want. Uh, there's a list of rewards that you get. Uh, you can look those over. And uh, so I'm releasing podcasts a few days early. I'm, I'm about to get my uh, videos rolling again on YouTube. I'll release those early again. And uh, people who like you can get discounts on tickets. I'm going to have like a discount code for my show. And um, it's a cool, it's really cool. I love having this sort of uh, a place to connect with people who appreciate the type of work that I'm making. So um, I'd love it if you'd check that out. If you don't want to check it out, that's fine too. All of this uh, content, excluding like an official album or the book that I'll be putting out in a, probably six months or so, that stuff, you know, I'll be selling. And um, yeah, but if you're like into the podcast and into the videos, and, you know, Snapchat little weirdness I do, that's cool too. And I'm totally happy to continue making that work. I make this stuff because I like doing it. But I also have this vision and dream of being able to ah, not have 900 jobs <laughs> and be able to really devote time to creating music and uh, content and, and the things that I love to do and I love to share these things. So anyway, that's already way too much about Patreon. Uh, but do check it out. <laughs> uh, the show... Is at Dixon Place, October 27th, 28th, and 29th. It's called The Animal Show. I do multimedia. I'll be playing electronic music. There will be a string quartet. There may or may not be a piano. There is a piano at Dixon Place. I, I'm still not sure whether I'm just going to do all keyboards or uh, wheel that piano in. Depends. Just depends. Um, 
stories, video, and wonderfulness. There will be some uh, organizations in the lobby after the show with information about uh, animal rights and maybe food. It's great. I love Dixon Place. I'm super excited to perform there. I'm super excited to see what this work looks like because I'm still writing it. And that is enough for me. Let's go right on to this interview with Ace Salisbury, shall we? Before we do, uh, he got Rob Crow, who you may know from Pinback, to score the show. So let's kick off the interview with this track from Rob Crow. It's called the Everything's Okay theme. And, uh, and then we'll hear from amazing Ace. Joining me now on the show is Ace Salisbury. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. Great to be here. Uh, I love that I saw your show yesterday for the first time, the web series, Everything's Okay. And and I was like, this is amazing. And now I'm talking to you. So yay. <laughs> um, I love wanna, it. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us like a quick rundown of what the series is? Well, Everything's Okay is a web series about New York City after fracking causes the apocalypse. And a young girl uh, realizes that her father, who she never knew was alive uh, for most of her life, is not only alive, but he's been captured by these robots that are their whole job is to make people who live in Manhattan think that the world's okay to live in despite the apocalypse having happened. So her father's been kidnapped and a message has been delivered to her pick him up from the East River Gulch. And her uh, sidekick is the revived head of Orson Welles. <laughs> uh, and it's... it's ha- and, uh, why can't I think of the phrase for something that's both animated and live action? It's, a, it's hybrid animation, live action. And uh, all the backgrounds are made out of cardboard and garbage. These hyper-detailed sets that our brilliant art director Christopher C.J. O'Connell built... Um, he's, he absolutely is the like soul of the show in terms of its look. It's really amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mike. Well, the look of the show is so, um, unique, right? Like uh, it's it's just for that, you know, and then there's the whole severed head of Orson Welles thing. (laughs) 
Um, it's great. I'm really looking forward to it. So my, I guess my first question is how often are these episodes coming out and when can I see the next one? We're going to, we're pushing them out once every two weeks, which, um, the next one's going to come out September 14th. But, uh, I know the big worry with a show like this is that it's too difficult to make more episodes, but we already have a total of eight of them ready to go. So don't worry. We're going to be releasing episodes through December. They will never be late. Uh, awesome. So they're all done and ready to go, and you're just like sharing Ab- them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I spent a year doing just post production on all these things myself because we had no budget for the post production. I spent a year in After Effects, so don't tell anybody that though. <laughs> <laughs> or I have to so, make it seem instantaneous, you know? Like like I just thought of these episodes a week ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, this this whole thing. I put this together yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Effortless. Well, I'm, like, yeah. I'm actually super interested in your process because I like I a composer and I make theater and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm really interested, especially in what, like in, in your bio, it said, it talks about you putting aside shooting and editing gigs in favor of working on this. I, I mean, it's kind of a broad question, but what was that process like? Like, how did you get there? Well, I've always been making my own work on the side. You know, I've, I've had, um, ever since I graduated from college, I have been making my own projects, uh, you know, whenever I have a moment or two in between the, you know, the day job, the paying work. Uh, and so I've done the film festival route and everything. I've done short films. My first film that I ever made after college was called, uh, it was, it was a fake French film. Um, and it was, the title translates to a headless nun on a swing set that is on fire. And that was like a one minute (laughs) film. And I got into a whole bunch of festivals because it turns out if it's really short, it's easy to program. So I've, I've done that a bunch of times and, you know, it's the film festivals are, I don't know, they feel like kind of unnecessary step or people tell you they are if you're a director and so I've been doing that for a little while but I really wanted and you know I've like everybody in this field I've been trying to write a feature and you know I've always had I've run into problems when I try to write something that length it's just you know for me I'm like really good at managing the small project the small like beginning middle and end structure of a short film script Uh, I can really handle that but you know once you start getting into something bigger it just gets overwhelming so this project in terms of the writing for me was kind of like okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to treat this big, long story like it's eight short films. And I'm going to pay a ton of attention to each one and kind of work the strengths that I know I have for like short form work uh, into these. And then by the time I'm done, I'm going to basically trick myself into making uh, what amounts to like half a feature. So it's like, this is my training wheels for longer form work. That was my initial thinking with this project. Um, now, in terms of actually your, your other part of your question, putting down my uh, my my day job kind of work in order to yeah. do this. At the time when I was doing this, my client situation for you know, I'm a freelance director and editor and you know any what basically I can be like a one man video production team for for people who need video stuff. My client situation when I had when I was just starting this project uh, was pretty bad. Um, and it turned out that, you know, just turning down whatever jobs that were offered to me that year really wasn't that big of a sacrifice. I, I thought, you know, I'm, I was basically like, I, it happens to everybody who's in New York City, you know, making film at the end of their 20s. I was like, okay, I'm, my 30s are rapidly approaching. What do I want to have done in my career by the time that hits? And I think a lot of people make pretty like rash decisions uh, around that time. And so my rash decision was, 
I need to do this huge project because I was sort of thinking I was I took a real long hard look one day at my um, my my work that I had done and I was like you know why aren't I getting hired to like you know, direct movies for, you know, like uh, college humor or something like that. And I looked at all the work that I'd, I'd done and I was like, you know what? I really treat myself like I've done this magnum opus that I really haven't done yet. You know, I'm really in my mind, I think I'm capable of this big thing. But when I look at what I've put on YouTube and Vimeo and stuff like that, it's just not there yet. You know, I did like a little Simon Cowell to myself. Um, <laughs> and. I realized I had to make this big project. It wasn't going to make itself. No one was just going to ask me to do it. So I, you know, screw it. I had a little bit of savings, enough in the bank that I could survive um, in my apartment with uh, in New York City, in Brooklyn, um, without taking on freelance work. What I didn't have enough money for was to pay for the whole production, so I did a Kickstarter. But I had enough money to not seek other work while I was doing post-production, which that was really the big financial tricky thing to work out yeah that's like it's it's so interesting being at and and i feel like at that level where you're right in between being able to like get rid of all freelance stuff and just do your work you know like some like and i feel like i'm at that spot which is why i'm especially interested in like you know how like making that like that's it i'm just (laughs) creating my stuff it Um, came from a point of utter humility (laughs) Realizing I wasn't where I thought I needed to be, you know, by the time I hit the big three zero, so that's that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when you were saying uh, you took a look at your work before and you realized you hadn't made like your big piece of work. Now, now that you've accomplished this and made it's eight, eight episodes. Do I remember that right? Correct. Yes. So, looking at that, like, how are you feeling about your body of work now? With that, with this, the inclusion of this. Honestly, it's hard to even sit back and rest on my laurels yet because I'm I'm just I'm thinking about the release. I'm thinking about are we going to find our audience? I'm thinking about you know I, I really want you know uh, I really want the kinds of people that want to that would enjoy this media to find it. And I'm, I'm I, that's all that's on my mind. I can't like sit back yet. You know I'm always thinking about the next step, and I, I keep trying to like get into that celebratory mood, you know, and, and I, 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 it just doesn't work yet. I, I'm not there yet. The journey's not done. You know, there's too much to be nervous about still. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, I feel like I, I, it hasn't really dawned on me yet that, uh, the project's done. And, uh, <laughs> I feel like I could, st- I should still be editing it or I should be in the, already in the process of making season two, but I, I just have to wait. I have to sit on my hands until there's demand for it. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting being this, uh, like in the realm of self-producing, right? And, yeah. And <laughs> because there's so many, I, I, it's such a cliche to say you have to wear so many hats, but <laughs> you have to wear so many hats, you know? And, and that, I wonder if that's why, there's that feeling of, well, the project isn't done because now you're doing that next part of it, which is getting it in front of people. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're, we're all about rolling the boulder here. We're not about, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, who cares when you get it to the top of the mountain? It's we're, we're in love with the process. That's why we do what we do. That oh, love it. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that on a post-it right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you've got a song in the series from Rob Crow from Pinback. How did that happen? Oh, I, I have I have about an hour's worth of material from him. He he scored the whole show. Oh, uh, whoa. Oh, that's cool. Rob Crow. Um, okay, well, this is totally random. Um, okay, here's the story. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm into it. I started writing this script, and... I was immersed in about five of Rob Crow's albums that he released, you know, in the 90s, you know, before Pinback. Uh, His band Heavy Vegetable had like three albums and his band Thingy had two albums. And I was basically putting these albums, they were kind of like this grungy math rock stuff from like uh, between 95 and 2000. And they're these gorgeous sounding albums uh, with just all these unpredictable open chords, just really intense, like all over the place songwriting structure and um and he'd have like these each album would have like 24 plus tracks on it but they'd each be like 30 seconds long uh they're just these intense like all over the place albums that i was totally in love with um and i was just writing the scripts and uh, to all this music and by the time i'd finished the script writing i was looking for who should do the music. And one of the first people I asked to do it, I just found Rob Crow on Twitter. And, you know, I didn't know anything about the band Pinback. And I just, I was like, hey, uh, really into your music from, you know, the 90s. Uh, It's kind of interwoven into my script. I'm starting to think that you should score my show. And he just sends me an email back, two words, sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) and he's the most amazing guy because he's incredibly prolific incredibly humble and you know wonderful but he also you know it's just very very stoic and so he would his all of his communication with me kind of went that way uh there would be two words in the email i would have a million questions but then at the bottom of the email it would be attached exactly the music that i'd asked for and i'd just be like hey uh do i have the rights to this and you just send a short email back sure uh, so <laughs> That's like a tr- I love the internet, <laughs> right? For that reason, it's like okay, this is happening now. <laughs> oh, it's great! I like to think that you know he uh, he liked the script or something, but you know he never he never specifically indicated that. But I, I in my <laughs> in my heart, I know he did. <laughs> um, that's amazing! Oh, that's so cool! I love it. Um, uh, New York City. Have you always lived in New York? I grew up in Boston, uh, Chelsea, Massachusetts, specifically. Um, but I I went to college in upstate New York, Bard College, and um, and then I moved directly to New York City right after that. Um, and I've lived there ever since. So, how many years would you say that is? I've lived here. I've lived in New York City for eight years now. Got it. Um, I'm always just curious (laughs) how people wound up here. Um, so cool. Well, I am super looking forward to the next episodes. Seven more to go. I love it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) where can we find the, uh, the series? You can find it at eokshow.com. And do you have a website too? We should talk about that as well. If it's there. Sure. My personal website is acesalsbury.com. Oh, as one might expect. And uh, <laughs> let's do social media, too, while we're at it. I know you're on Twitter. 
Sounds yeah, good. my personal Twitter is, is Acisms, uh, but um, our, you can find our show's Twitter, which is much more active. Uh, uh, it's just um, EOK Show is our username. Uh, perfect. Cool. And um, for those people who are listening, if you can't remember all that, you can go to MikeyPod.com and I'll have links to all that stuff there. Uh, cool. Congratulations. And um, I'm looking forward to staying on top of what happens next with the series. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, check in with us in a bit. You know, I would love to, to hear what you think of the weird twists and turns I send you guys through. All I can uh, tell you about the future episodes is that it's a little bit more like Pulp Fiction than you'd expect, and we don't necessarily follow the characters that you're expecting us to all the time. Oh, okay, cool. Um, oh, that's interesting. I I wanted to mention the voice of the robots. Oh yeah, it's like perfectly scary. Like, <laughs> it's like every time it does the everything's okay thing, it's like oh god. Do you want to know a secret? <laughs> Tell me. I do that voice myself, and there's uh, it's just an inhaled voice. Uh, there is nothing. I mean, I put a few computer effects on it, but the thing that makes it what it is is completely organic in fact i could do it for you right now that is amazing (laughs) women hate it (laughs) i mean in person in person in person oh yeah yeah but it's like creepy and it reminds me and i'm I'm, it's funny that you told me that there's like another podcast have you ever ever heard of yeast radio it's like one of the old podcast it's still going i'm not sure i have um it's uh this guy named richard bluestein law it's yeah. like it, it, but there's all these various characters that show up on the show and one of them is um a woman <laughs> named cheryl murkowski and yeah her and her voice now that you say it i'm like oh i think that's how cheryl does her voice too oh nice and she's it's very she's obsessed with like anal prolapses and things like that it's very like <laughs> wow i should take it on as a retroactive reference that's perfect <laughs> yeah you might check her out you know what she has a video called walls fall out oh yeah on the on youtube it might be interesting to check that out it's completely like i feel like you will not be offended by this <laughs> <laughs> but it has the potential to be offensive to people i love it <laughs> uh so anyway that's a little sidetrack but um Great. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And um, yeah. Wonderful to make your acquaintance, Mike. I'm so glad you like the show.
From the soundtrack of Everything's Okay, that was Dismal Failure, Hold Me, Stay Away by Rob Crow. Thank you, Ace, for being on the show. Listen, I was looking at this whole thing, and that was a shortish interview. What do you think? Do you listeners like to hear a short interview, or do you like a longer one? Does, do you like it to vary? <laughs> Uh, let me know, MikeyPod at gmail.com. Uh, so, my name is Michael Heron. You can find out about me at MichaelHeron.com. You can support my Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. I'm on all the social media things as Michael Heron, except for the ones where I'm Michael Heron Music. You'll find me. Um, come see my show at the end of October here in New York City at Dixon Place, 7.30 p.m., uh, October 27th, 28th, and 29th. That's three shows that I need to have an audience for, so... If you feel like, oh, I'm tired, I j- don't, just come. If you're tired, you bring a little pillow or something, just sit in my, just come. <laughs> uh, that's part of this whole self-producing thing. Uh, it gets frightening when, you, when the thing is coming up and you're like, what? Are people coming to this? Do pe- why am I, what? And, but you're doing it and it's on the calendar. So it's, yeah. So anyway, michaelheron.com. I told you all that. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.